Okay, so let's get right into it. We've got a lot of uh, a lot of material to cover. I think uh, we're going to do a short podcast. Probably going to be about forty five minutes long for anybody listening. And you know. <laughs> at the forefront of everybody's mind, the elections, the American elections. What a disaster. I mean, it's a total circus. Um, what, uh, what we're seeing now is, of course, the media who wanted nothing to do with calling the election on election night when it appeared that Trump was in the lead uh, has now taken a, an interest, it seems, in declaring Mr. Biden the winner. And uh, there are certainly a number of states that are being contested. There's some legal challenges that have been made. And yet uh, the uh, media groups have weighed in on the equation and have uh, seemingly declared Joe Biden the winner. It uh, should, uh, should be interesting to see how this all shakes down. Now, um, you know, some of the things that kind of are going on in the background of all this, and something, of course, I talked about with you, Heather, um, it, it, it may strike people as a nothing thing, but... Uh, maybe somebody just blowing off some steam, but uh, AOC's call to create lists. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Like, the blacklist. You know, yeah. Like, what a scary subject. Like, right. I mean, yeah. to think that uh, someone would see fit to, you know, ask the question, like, what's being done about all these Trump supporters that will become a problem perhaps in the future? Can we you know, see somebody generating lists. And of course, now there seems to be organizations coming forward saying, that, well, they've already been at it. Right. Mm -hmm. She got a response right away from, uh, you, you know his name, right? The uh, leader, did you send me that? There, there's a gentleman who created an organization to do that very thing. And he responded to her on Twitter and said, actually, yeah, we already have that list going. Um, anybody who donated more than $1,000 to the Trump campaign, Anyone who helped his campaign in 2016 or 2020, anyone who's been actively in support of him in their business mm -hmm. and in the media, um, all those people are going on a list. And, and what are it, you going to do with that list, lady? It's going to be a long <laughs> list of people. Well, so. you, you know, when you when you think about it for a second, it, it sounds, you know, relatively harmless. You know, like the idea that you know, oh, okay, I guess they're going to be on our shit list. You know, but what does that really mean? Like, does that mean that you know these people are going to have a hard time getting work? Does this mean that people are going to be somehow harassed? You know, will the lists include you know locations of the people? Because we know that the uh, the far left leaning elements that love to do things like riot and uh, you know protest violently seem to have uh, this this affection for the idea that they can you know accost people. And I've seen it a number of times over my life, uh, you know, the idea that people would, you know, um, attack you in some way, you know, uh, but, but beyond that though, like the generation of lists, doesn't that sound familiar? It does. You know, it sounds like uh, something my family's had right? seen in the yeah. past. You know, so. and I mean, you, you're, you know, Alex, you're, you're of what descent now? I'm half Italian, half Jamaican. Yeah. Parents, sorry, grandparents came from Italy after yeah. the war. Yeah. So my great grandfather was actually in the war. Oh, wow. So we've they let my family seen the outcome of how far this push in one direction, the outcome of it, what it can be, mm -hmm. and it's not great. So when you when I hear about these lists, the way I see it is, in the next coming year, let's say Biden does win, mm -hmm. you're gonna have leaks most likely, and people that are in predominantly more political positions, positions where people are a little bit more liberal, mm -hmm. are going to be outed as Trump supporters if they weren't like open about it before. 
you're going to see a lot of people losing their jobs, a lot of people getting attacked. Targeted. Yeah, because that's what they're doing, but these people won't say anything about Antifa or anything they've done. Mm -hmm. Those people aren't being held responsible, but yet they're painting Trump supporters as these violent anarchists that are just going to destroy the city or destroy the country if Trump loses. It's funny, I never see Republicans burning shit down. Not yes. once. No. Yeah. And they've been they've been quietly protesting outside these voter uh, stations for the past few days. Mm. Not one outbreak. No. Yeah. So Well, I I suspect they're not cracking down on Antifa because that is their military arm. The Antifa carries out the the things that the government can't overtly do. They've got Antifa members going house to house already in Portland, um, harassing people who they yeah. know are Trump supporters that live there. Wake up, wake up is what they've been yelling yeah. at them. Like, you know, perhaps just coming uh, you know, under the wire for domestic terrorism, the idea that a, a group of people could show up at your house. I, I could tell you how friendly I'd be with a group of people showing up at yeah. my house. Um, the generation of lists and, and somehow having your name, you know, put on this list that, uh, you know, may fall into the hands of people that are uh, a little less than civilized doesn't sit well with me. And the idea of a very far left leaning uh, socialist type government, you know, generating lists one day. Like, I mean, if there isn't something uh, that sounds more nefarious than that. You know, for the people out there that can imagine the worst possible case scenario, uh, I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't think I'm very comfortable with the idea of the type of people we're dealing with. And I mean, of course, you know, you and I have talked about how some of these people are pretty googly-eyed. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever <laughs> noticed how some of these far-left people seem to have like you know one eye looking at you and the other eye looking at the wall? Like they, 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 what is they it look about? deranged. They, they look feel... very high, strong, and deranged. Yeah, they don't feel like they're all there. And it's not to say that you don't meet somebody who's just happens to be more liberal, yep. who's very friendly. I've have met some people who are willing to converse, yep. willing to talk, but for the most part, especially online or anything like that, these people are just. You stupid idiot. Rabbit. How could you tr support Trump? Me being a half-black gentleman. Oh, you're a race traitor. You're... <laughs> I just get to call the worst names in the book. And it's yeah. just like, do you really think that people are going to listen to you when you berate them for their beliefs? Yeah. I always, I always tell people, you know what? Uh, it's important that we engage those types of people and more and more coming to our pages all the time. Yeah. I, I can't help but notice the moment I began to start sharing uh, content that related to the possibility of fraud in the election, um, right away our reach was diminished substantially. Mm -hmm. And right away I noticed that there were uh, certain new personalities that were being introduced uh, to the page. Yeah, not and a coincidence. Not a coincidence at all, uh, in my opinion. The <laughs> trolling activity jumped up substantially. Thankfully, our audience is fantastic Yeah. Uh, when it comes to dealing with them. One of the things that I insisted on cultivating was a very respectful, uh, controlled, composed audience that is very reflective, in my opinion, of the firearm community. And to, uh, to have our people kind of answer to you know, these rabid rantings of some of these people. Um, well, I've seen it, a few of them. Yeah, and it's, and it's always pleasant to see, you know, you stepping up to the plate. I notice you do it. Uh, Heather, you're very vocal on the page as well. I like seeing you there. Uh, I really wish I could get Professor Dan to sign mm -hmm. on to social media, but unfortunately, <laughs> he's, he's but, unfor but unfortunately, he will not do so. Dan, Dan is with us tonight, but he's sitting silently on the uh, sidelines. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a safe he, bet, mister. He openly admits that his paranoia forbids him from actually signing on to any form of social media. I don't blame him one bit in some respects. Well, I mean, if you look at just you were talking about how you started posting anything conspiratorial, yeah. kind of with these things. I've noticed the last coming days of the election, you know how they'd be like, oh, well, we added vote. It's either we're going to add COVID information, we're going to add voter information, that yep. little uh, thing they put on the bottom of the post. Yep, little flag. Anybody who was Republican, it was in red. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like the last day before the election, anything that had to do with the election, it was all in red writing. So you could be like, like, alert, alert. You don't mm. want us like this is bad. Compared oh, yeah. to somebody who was just posting and it's like, oh, we have it just in nice white letters here. Mm-hmm. It's just like one of them they're trying to make more alarming. One of them they're trying to make like, yeah, this isn't as big of a deal. I, I, I've, I've noticed uh, an uptick in the censorship. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind. For all those people that said, you know, you're being ridiculous, uh, you're being paranoid, oh my God, take off your tinfoil hat, the tech companies are not getting involved in this, nobody's trying to censor you, nobody's trying to take your guns, was the thing that they used to say about a year and a half ago. But the, the truth is, is it's, it's very evident to anybody who's watching closely. If you've ever, um, you know, uh, addressed a very large audience or you have, you know, like, we have um, a, a number of people watching. Uh, a lot of complaints have been coming in from people unable to see our content and yeah. or, you know, they've been blinded somewhat. Our storyline doesn't show Your up. Your storyline disappeared completely for me and yeah. I check it all the time. It should yeah. be there. It, it, it comes and goes in waves. I've, I've, I've noticed the censorship. Uh, it, it seems to kind of turn off and on and it, it, it always, you know, coincidentally seems to... Um, run parallel to any kind of, of controversial content that may upset people on the left end of the political spectrum. Uh, we start talking about the possibility, reports of, you know, um, voter fraud, the possibility, you know, perhaps that, um, you know, it looked like Trump was going to win and why mm-hmm. you know, would they stop counting votes for the first time in history of elections? Uh, yeah, they stopped counting those votes, but they had no problem counting the the late mail-in ballots and all that stuff, wow. the late ballots that they found. And it's like, okay, for one, you knew you are going to have this many voters this year. You knew it was going to be a bigger turnout. Sure. You knew you had all these more mail-in. Yep. But you wait till the day or the night of the election to realize that, oh, there's just too many for us to count. We're going to have to shut down for the night, count in the morning. There's reports of them bringing in people that aren't even vetted or nothing to actually count these votes. All the videos that have come out that people are like, no, no, that's just, no, it's not normal. Well, there, it's, 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 it's crazy. Um, definitely verified that they have not been letting people watch that are supposed yeah, to be there been, to watch. And yeah. it's, it's not a rumor or a conspiracy. That's true. But, but if you talk about it though, right, right. You're, yeah, some, you're, 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 you're definitely maligned. And I, I've certainly seen a number of people coming to our pages saying, you know, your guy lost fair and square, just deal with it. And I, I kind of laugh if, if, if you were anybody normal, I mean, forget a, uh, retired police officer of 20 years because I, I suspect uh, you know something shady is going to go down they, I mean they, they telegraphed the punches pretty early they said you know will there be a peaceful transition of power was the question they asked during the debate um, you know which was pretty uh, telling that they had every expectation that they were going to win this election and you know of course uh, it looks like Trump is winning for the people that didn't stay up until you know 3.30 in the morning yeah. it was very clear that Trump was in the lead by uh, you know a substantial number of votes uh, he had won you know in these key states they mysteriously stopped counting the votes for no evident reason and then a couple of hours later 
magically out of nowhere, these yes. votes appear, and you can see it in the graphs. I love, yeah. I love, I love Heather when you send me the when you send me the graphs and and the memes going on, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, oh, like, great. like, like Joe Biden doing a slam dunk, and it shows you know his trajectory okay? being you know very linear, jump, yeah. and then all of a sudden it spikes up right Gotta at the end. Gotta love the internet. The memes are instant and plentiful. Yeah. Yeah. To, to everybody out there on the right end of the political spectrum that has had some fun with this, God bless you. I've had so much, uh, so yeah. much fun and entertainment watching the things that you guys have put out there. But, but now, you know, of course, once they people rightfully so begin to question whether or not um, this is a legitimate mm-hmm. win, all of a sudden the Republicans are, you know, calling felt like. I mean, we had all all of four and a half years, it seems, of uh, them questioning That's, Donald Trump. This is what I find the, the most fascinating. The audacity is this, of it. This total 180 of, you know, 50% of the population and 90% of the media in the States. Um, this 180 they've done where for the last four years, they call everything into question, yep. you know, super suspicious about the yes. election process, poking holes in everything, digging and and really looking for issues. Right. And now suddenly to do that is is a crime and they're. They're, they're blocking any attempt to actually investigate, which these journalists should be doing. If you're a journalist, regardless of your political affiliation, looking into stories, examining the evidence, asking questions is your job. It's, it's, I don't really think that's part of that job description anymore. I've been Not saying anymore. this for a while. Journalism is dead. You're, yeah. You go and you hear a lot of these people come out and they say, well, I go into this company and I want to write this story. It either gets shut down yeah. and or we're told, listen, we we have to do this, this, and yeah, this to heard this so specific many person. Of that. There was a guy recently. Um, I'm losing his name. He worked for. Yes. Uh, he he was on Rogan. He, he co-founded a, a magazine and he quit. Yeah, uh, he quit because yeah. they wouldn't let him run a story about Hunter Biden and the laptop. Wow. And he's a well-accredited journalist. Oh yeah. I can and and not a not a Republican either, as I understand yeah. it. Well, Just somebody who actually wants to do investigative journalism. And well, as a standard practice, it seems shutting down anything that runs contrary to the narrative that they want to put out there. Uh, you know that that's quite commonplace, and it's it's really sad. To Glenn see. Greenwald was his name. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Well. You know, like, you know, just to echo your sentiments, uh, Heather, it's really kind of funny to see how much time was actually spent, you know, critiquing and uh, scrutinizing, you know, the Trump administration and how he got there. And now magically, it seems that there is absolutely no possibility in the left's mind mm-hmm. that there could have been any cheating on their part, even though it, it, it appears... They claim that Trump it appear, cheated. It, it appears, you know, pretty obvious to anybody watching that, you know, all of a sudden, magically, hundreds of thousands of votes appear that weren't reported, yeah. you know, a few hours earlier. People are waking up, and to anybody really watching it closely, it appears as though the election's been stolen. I mean, we're seeing video recordings of people crumpling up what yeah. appear to be, you know, uh, votes. And uh, shredded ballots inside of uh, transport trucks. Yeah, you know, like, there's there, there seems to be all all this mounting evidence, you know, computer glitches uh, in the software. I've heard some really interesting things this well, morning about mm, the machines I'm and the software. I'm hopeful about that software glitch because yeah. if it was found, uh, if it's verified in the one place where it flipped 6,000 votes and that same software was used in multiple other states that For are contested, then it, it looks well, good to investigate all of those. Well, that was, that was Michigan. And when you think, you know, when I first read it, it's like a software glitch caused... 
6,000 votes for Trump to be converted magically into Mm. votes for Biden, which in itself seems a little bit suspect. But then to make matters worse, the same software is being used in 45 different counties within Michigan and to make matters worse in a number of states, important states. So if that's the case and they're ever able to get verifiable proof of that, I can't imagine that contaminated uh, election results uh, of that um, magnitude wouldn't come into play and perhaps reverse this media decision to declare mm-hmm. Mr. Biden the winner. Well, uh, I can already see the people on the left just, even if that does happen and those reverse back under Trump, they're gonna, you know what they're going to say? Mm-hmm. Well, how do we know that glitch wasn't just wrong? Like, they're just going to keep contesting it. They're going to be like, well, if it glitched for Biden, how do we know it didn't glitch for Trump or vice versa? Well, you know what? I uh, I see I see Danny shaking his head. He doesn't seem to think that the uh, Supreme Court's going to get involved in this one well, and be effective. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but this is uh, the, the plans that they made uh, were well in advance. Uh, they knew what they were doing. They were reporting poll numbers, which were now in retrospect. They say too high. No, you cannot cheat and introduce votes if your polling is very, very low. So they understate uh, Biden's support. Remember, the man is not uh, campaigning. He's in his basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a guy who really shouldn't have numbers of, of, of any sort to speak of. Yes, he has proxies, Hollywood stars and all that sort of thing going out campaigning for him. But he goes out and he talks, and people, if they listen to him, uh, understand that he's not all there. So they know way in advance that they're going to cheat. They've already, and, and they, broad, they broadcast it as much. We, we had uh, Project Veritas came out with ironclad proof that they were buying votes in Minnesota. And um, the same, if you look in, in, uh, uh, in the the press in the past there's reports about buying votes in in florida in pennsylvania in past elections this is this is a a game plan that they laid out and it was done rather well the talking points were all uh well conceived Mm -hmm. uh you know there was even a a, a talk of them having a, a sort of a war room where they they ran scenarios about you know what would happen uh, on election night. Right. You know they talked about Trump refusing to leave way in advance. Well, if you know that you won the election and that they cheated, you're not going to want to leave. You're going to want to fight. Yeah. But they've already in advance put out that he's going to refuse yeah. to leave. So, and none of the none of the uh, press. Uh, about the cheating is making it into the mainstream. They're not reporting it. They're nope. not acknowledging it. The fact that they declared him a winner uh, in view of the fact that all of the states that are involved uh, in in the decision are going to go eventually to the Supreme Court, and they will. Uh, who knows how it'll turn out. Uh, you know, They're not happy to have one more conservative justice uh, there because it it uh, is going to make their plans more difficult. Mm-hmm. But no, I, mean, I personally I think it was masterfully masterfully yeah. played. Um, the press has been part of this all along. They're you know now they after the fact they're saying yeah, you know, uh, the polling was incorrect. No, it wasn't. It was exactly what they wanted. They wanted to be able to report high numbers so that when they cheat, it wouldn't look too far fetched. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I agree with you. That's why I don't have a lot of hope for the media to, you know, catch what's happening and change course because what they're saying is what they had planned to say all along. They've carefully built a narrative and and it's funny they showed their cards like you said when they were doing these these war room scenarios uh, many months ago each and every one of the possible scenarios that they concocted and played out were all <laughs> like anti-Trump. In, in every scenario, they, they win and he has to be like taken out by force or whatever, you know? Well, that, but that's the whole, the whole point is you and I uh, know, uh, if you've been following Trump all these years, uh, that if he was beat fair and square, he would leave. Yeah. We, we know this. Yeah. For them to come up with and continually come up with this, he's he's going to refuse to leave. Um, it, I mean, the, the premise that yes. is yeah. what actually took place, the premise of cheating is obviously not spoken of, but it's in their mind. They know what's going to happen. They know they're going to cheat. People are going to know they're cheating. Everybody knows that they're doing it. Um, is the proof uh, ironclad? I believe it is. Oh. The trouble is... How can you prove the numbers? And so I read on a on the website um, uh, Gateway Pundit uh, said that they were going to subject the uh, results to a Benford analysis, and and Benford analysis is a statistical it's a forensic uh, tool for looking at uh, numbers to see if they were. Uh, randomly created or not, which is to say whether they're legitimate or not. And um, I'm not entirely sure how they would apply this uh, to the to the uh, polls, but um, assuming that they can, uh, the courts, including the Supreme Court, have accepted the Benford analysis as law-like, and it stands as evidence. So if you can prove that the numbers are cooked, they will accept it as evidence. And that's the whole point is, we yeah, there's cheating, but did it make a difference? Uh, the Benford analysis is, uh, deals with very large numbers, and it will show you if it made a difference or not. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm skeptical about its use. I, I, I have not seen the data set. So I, and, and, it, and it requires, as all these statistical procedures, there's a certain number of assumptions that, for example, the numbers had to be generated randomly. And that's a condition that's not always um, possible. But I mean, that's the point. If it's not gen generated randomly, the benefit analysis will show you that it wasn't. I was looking at some spreadsheets uh, regarding that last night because a number of people have uh, have run analysis and they're posting it on back channels and stuff and showing what they've come up with. And everyone who's who's been doing this so far, they've they're writing their own code for it. And they're well, it's it's easy actually. There's there's a, a Microsoft Excel. Uh, spreadsheet for it I've, I've used I've done yeah. it. I've so done everything it. that I've seen so far the people yeah. have just been independently doing that yeah. and looking at it is it's crazy it's very clear that the numbers are not random and well, they there, don't there are other ways of checking this for example um, you have a, a certain number of votes cast and then you have a list of eligible voters and if the number of numbers of votes cast are very much larger than the voter rolls that you know that there had to be cheating. So if you have, say, 100,000 eligible voters and you've got 200,000 votes, I can assure you there's been cheating. Right. Yeah. Uh, they can go through, it's a very laborious tax, but, task, but they can go through and find out if people who cast a ballot have been dead 
you yeah. know, for yeah. for ten years. Well, people have already been looked have been finding that out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's how extensive it is. Is it extensive enough to justify overturning an election? And that's a that's a big question. Something that tells me that it is is the hundred and thirty hundred thirty one thousand whatever that number was mm-hmm. that they found overnight. One hundred thirty nine thousand. One hundred thirty nine thousand. I think it's one thirty eight. Every single one of them was for Biden. That is. Yeah. Almost statistically impossible. So they overplayed their hand when they do silly stuff like that. Or the 2 million people over age 85 that voted in a state that only has 200,000 people over 85. (laughs) When when they make these crazy big leaps, I I almost expect it all to fall apart because it's so silly. And yet, because they have the media machine behind them, it almost feels like they can do these ridiculous extremes and still get away with it. Well, because they put these stories out there for months. They've been saying, will Trump leave peacefully? Yeah. So they put that thought in people's yeah. mind. Will he leave peacefully, making people think he's already going to lose? Yeah. And then now, before you can even prove that Biden has won this election, without, with all these court cases that are still there to see if there has been fraud, they announce him basically as the 46th president of the United States. Mm-hmm. So now you already have people online on all these pages, like like Six Buzz and all these. I I don't have nice words for them because they're so blatant on how they pick to post and how they take sides and how they try to stir the pot mm. and these pages are out there like your new president yep yeah, uh, he's already won and then you got people in the comments already saying oh Trump supporters are mad take yeah. your loss this and I'm like take your loss you guys cried about Trump winning for four and a half for four years and then you have the audacity to tell people there's no chance there could be voter fraud. That's all you cried about for four years. I haven't, I haven't given up hope yet that this thing isn't going to turn itself around with uh, enough evidence. And once it gets uh, into I, the Supreme Court, quite frankly, I hope they throw Biden a big happy party. Yeah. Right? I, I, I want to I see the look on people's faces when uh, it's revealed that there was such horrible cheating that they can't possibly right. put that man in that seat. Which, by the way, I, don't I mean, accept I, it. well, you know, I, well, and that's another matter altogether. I think there's a lot of patriotic Americans that uh, very clearly see what's happened and they're not at all thrilled with the other half that don't seem to give a shit. Uh, back to for one second to the people, uh, the Ilhan Omar uh, purchase of votes. You know, I saw the video recordings of, you know, people literally, uh, you know, yeah. being, being handed money, uh, handing over their ballot. And where did that story go? You know what? Disappeared. It evaporated yeah. into cyberspace, of course. Um, you know, like most things, it may spend a fleeting moment in the media and then just disappears. It's, re- it's really sad to know that people would dismiss such uh, egregious and, 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 and completely blatant you know, uh, transgressions like that. And mm. like to anybody that sells their vote, like shame on you. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're one, if you're one of the people out there that listen to this and you hand got handed a couple hundred bucks for your vote, man, that's a, that's a low, low price for your soul. That's, well, that's the thing. You 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 get that couple of hundred bucks. Now you think your vote doesn't really matter. Why not? Maybe you needed that couple hundred bucks at the time. Mm. Now, how much more is that couple hundred that you made at that point and selling yourself out? How much is that going to cost you in the future? What a shame. In your socialist future as you line yeah, up I, for bread. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, really, the interesting thing about this is that um, the issue of voter rolls is, has been out there for years. Um, I mentioned, I think, on our last talk, uh, Tom Fitton at uh, Judicial Watch. They had... Uh, uh, years-long effort to clean up voter rolls in these various states. And you can go on to Judicial Watch and, and read uh, the reports, and they're very, very disturbing. 
uh, you know, there's states with, you know, a million uh, voters that aren't, that shouldn't even be registered anymore. And they are by law, every state is by law required to update and keep accurate voters, ro voters rolls. And there were states like California, for example, <laughs> that had never updated since the law was passed, had never updated their vo voter rolls. And, you know, these are, these are, it's a recipe uh, for fraud, for, for uh, uh, fraudulent elections. And uh, they've managed uh, to make use of these these uh, inaccurate, so-called inaccurate uh, voter voter. Did they knew this when they started pushing the online voting as well. Would, they pushed it so hard because yeah. they knew that it would be so easy to manipulate it, and clearly they have. Well, they they did a, an interesting about face just before the election. They called for their supporters to go out and vote, and I'm I'm, I'm guessing uh, they. Um, wanted to make sure that they had some people that voted in person that were Democrat, because yeah. otherwise it would have been all these millions upon millions of, of, of mail-in votes. Right. Then they'd have, like, physical votes for Trump, online for Biden, and it would be really easy to draw a line. Oh, yeah. But it's like, yeah, every Biden voter was a mail-in voter otherwise, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it, it, it's it's very very well understood. Everybody knows the longer this takes, the more likely there is going to be cheating, fraud, and cheating. They, it, mainly because they need to know how many votes they they have to gather uh, by one method or another in order to win. Uh, that's why they stop counting votes on the night. Which is that even legal to do um, for an election? It actually, there. Each state is different. Each state has their own way of, of conducting their election. Okay. They're, they're sovereign. Um, and, you know, one of the big arguments was that, you know, one state all of a sudden changes their rules. The trouble is, if, if the rules were not changed through their legislature, if it was done by executive order, that's, un that's unconstitutional. Uh, and it shouldn't be permitted. That actually, I think, went to the Supreme Court, and they permitted it, which was really amazing. Uh, mind you, it was a uh, uh, it was a deadlock vote uh, because there were only uh, six uh, justices, and if they haven't got enough to make a majority, whatever was brought before the court is it it's, it stands. So um, now that there's a full Supreme Court, let's hope that they're able to make decisions. You know very well if if for some reason that Trump wins this. They will not accept it as a legitimate win, um, and it, what they've been doing for the last four years uh, will continue, yep. and it, it will be worse. Um, oh, it's going it, to look like a, it's going to look like a, like a scrap in a schoolyard compared to if if they declare Trump the winner after all this. I imagine the left on mass cross yeah. country from coast to coast is going to lose their marbles, and it's going to require a uh, substantial effort and a right. level of commitment from the federal government we've uh, probably never seen the likes of well, in our lifetime. You know the, the idea of cleaning the swamp. You never expect a president in their first term, you know, you assume they're going to have two terms. You, you never expect them to do all that much in their first term because they'll never get reelected if they start cleaning house. Take my word for it, they will not. In a second term, when he doesn't have to worry about reelection, he can do things, um, he could literally, uh, Trump could literally fire, close the FBI, shut it down. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, The FBI needs a good cleaning. Well, they're no longer 
they, they've lost their credibility. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so you could close it down and shift all the work that they do over to uh, the U.S. Marshal's office. They're quite capable. It's a duplicated effort anyways. They could do it. Um, you know, he could, he could clean the swamp, which is what people want. The trouble is that many of these agencies, uh, you know, they, they like to say, for example, well, there's a few bad apples in the FBI. It's mostly the upper management, the lower guy. No, it's, it's goes very deep. It's, it's pretty blatant how corrupt they've gotten. Absolutely. And, and they're being used as political weapons and the greatest fear uh, that that uh, people should have is that if the, the Democrats, if uh, Biden does win, first of all, he is not going to remain in office oh. very long. He's a sick man. Uh, my guess is he won't make a year. He'll be replaced by uh, Harris. Uh, and uh, they will go after their enemies. And the mm-hmm. administrative states, the, the people who populate the administrative state, were put there by Od- Obama. They are, they are leftists, and they will happily cooperate in that effort, even though they shouldn't be doing it. I see, I see a lot of backs up against the wall here. I think this is going to be really interesting. Uh, you know, for the people out there that are listening, uh, we Canadians are watching very closely. A lot of Americans seem to think that we don't pay attention to your American politics. I, I know... You know, a lot of people uh, don't really take an interest in what, you know, is going on up here in Canada. Uh, You know, we definitely are, you know, uh, a much smaller group of people by comparison to the population of the U.S. But the truth is, is that we we know the uh, enormous impact that this election may have on our country. And I want to bring it back to gun owners for a second, because I think this is something that's, you know, really, really important Uh, for everybody that's ever said to me online, like, why are we paying such close attention to American politics? I I understand, you know, when our politicians are such ridiculous, uh, you know, failures, we probably should be focusing more on that uh, on a day-to-day basis. But it is important that we monitor what goes on in the U.S. because they do have such a significant uh, impact. Their decisions impact us. They're our largest trading partner. Um, They're the biggest gun store on the planet. Quite frankly, we just get their spillover. If uh, they elect, you know, a a government that uh, has its leadership replaced with Harris, who is about as far left as that country has ever seen, uh, I imagine it won't be long before she is, you know, making moves on guns. And for everybody down there that thinks that it's not possible, I know you have the Second Amendment and definitely you're in a much better position than most Canadians. But for everybody down there that says it can't be done, I can tell you that up here once upon a time, people said no way. Like, I mean, they can't ban this. There's too many of them. They can't do that. Nah, that's unconstitutional. I can tell you that they're rewriting the playbook. That's the mo of yeah, the far yeah. left, and this and this administration. They will they will move the goalposts. They will do all kinds of things you never dreamed possible. I know Danny and I have had our conversations about it, and uh, <clears throat> if you think it's out of the realm of possibilities for them to try and stomp on your Second Amendment rights, America, think again. It, it always seems impossible until something starts to happen. I've seen so many instances lately, and, and they would be funny if it wasn't sad, where, you know, reporters or various, uh, you know, online personalities will say, well, 
what is it what is it that you need to say that you're afraid you're going to get censored about you know if you're if you're worried about getting censored then you must be promoting hate speech and then that same person two days later posts oh my god i got censored what oh, the yeah. hell you oh, know yeah. and and it, it's like across the board when people are you know they're mocking those that are standing up for their rights they're mocking people who are concerned yeah, about it this it's close to home and then it gets close to home it happens to them and they're shocked because they're like what but but, but i'm a good guy i was yeah. playing by the rules yeah i was on your yeah, side but exactly. you know the perfect example of this is when those uh antifa black lives ladder riots started uh after george floyd you see this kid in the window recording mm -hmm. he, i think they're maybe a couple oh. of kids and he's just like yes yes and then what do they do <laughs> throw they a throw a rock through the guy's yes. window and he's like i'm on your side that the, is the, the perfect, perfect summary of exactly how the left cannibalize themselves and yeah. nobody is going to be safe when they're making these lists and and they're looking to yeah. hunt people yeah, down for their ideas for their thoughts and for their political affiliations everybody feels like they're super safe until suddenly you're on the list yeah and and if you have a gun and let's say you're licensed and you legally have a gun and you're a responsible gun owner but suddenly the the mass narrative is that anyone who owns a gun is crazy and you need to forcibly disarm them well you just found yourself on the wrong side of the line and you did nothing wrong mm -hmm. it's just gonna happen yeah if you if you if you look at Canadian society we we don't really have an awful lot of gun violence Historically, no. we never have. Um, before any legislation, before the the Gun Act that brought registration and all that, we we had really rather low incidents of gun violence. And it, and it, as always, it's mainly associated with criminal activity, mainly drugs. Um, any any gun violence outside of that was pretty rare. Um, so. To say, for example, that we have to get rid of guns because of violence um, really doesn't make an awful lot of sense. Uh, it's, I don't believe, a safety issue, not for a moment. Um, we're not making a society safer uh, by doing this. No. Um, and, and, you know, if you look at gun owners as a group, we're sort of a canary in the coal mine. You know, we, we all engage in this activity, and how we get treated is... Uh, um, a pretty good in indication of, you know, what's going to be happening to your personal freedoms in the future if, if the gun if if they move against guns. Um, I mean, it's not like I mean, look at look at us as a community, how diverse we are as a community. It's unbelievable. Uh, you know, I can't even imagine another activity that would bring, you know, doctors and farmers together. Yeah. And they would hang out and talk and get along. We don't talk an awful lot of politics at the club it's mainly about and it's not even about guns it's about the Anything, it's about the target or whatever yeah. you know um you know you, you can imagine looking at a group of people like people belong to bowling leagues you know it's did, generally somebody you work with or a yeah, family friend exactly. people close to you already exactly they're they're so we're an un, really very unusual community and um so what happens to us uh, is is like I say, it's it's a, a harbinger of what to expect in the future. The government moving against us in order to make a safer society. I'm telling you, it's not a plausible thing. We have a, a very low levels of violence, and we had way going way back, long before any gun legislation. Um, 
perhaps our proximity to the United States is a little bit unfortunate because they have a great deal more uh, gun, gun violence than we do. Uh, but they also have uh, 10 times the population and their crime rates in the Democrat-run cities are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where most of the violence is, is Chicago and New York, where these are liberal cities that have the most draconian gun laws. Especially uh, New York. Good luck. It, yeah. It's, so that people can be led to, uh, you know, to believe that this is about safety, honestly, uh, even a, 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 a little effort to inform yourself... Uh, would prove to you that this is not it's not a safety issue. Well, a perfect example, they they ban the AR-15, anything that's close to it. You, any, it. Now, you look at Toronto. That gang violence has gone up, gun crimes have gone up. What's the most common thing they're using? Not an AR-15, they're using handguns. Right. Nine times out of ten handguns. Yes, they added some handguns to the ban list, but it's just like what and, you, and we, we, to note those are not legally owned handguns. Yeah, any anytime, anytime they ever find them, they're not legally owned. They're usually over the border. How many times at the border do they catch people smuggling guns? But somehow taking them away from Canadians who have gone to the range and back, followed these laws that we don't even agree with, but just so we can keep our property, we follow these laws to the T because we don't want to risk giving other firearm owners a bad name, ourselves a bad name, the community a bad name. And yet we get punished for the actions of these people who could give a crap about their neighbor. Ask, ask any, any good metropolitan police officer who's in Toronto. Uh, they'll tell you that they know full well, front lines know full well, that legitimate owners of firearms, the legal owners of firearms, are not the problem, never have been, and the laws will have absolutely no impact. So not only are we going to waste a whole lot of taxpayers' dollars trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist, but we are going to instead uh, fail to devote the necessary resources. Uh, there are some police officers that are starting to come forward now, and they're uh, they're starting to say things like, you know, we know full well what the problem is, how to address it, you know, what agencies are going to be required to tackle this thing. Love the job that uh, the Toronto police have been doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the services, Hamilton, Toronto, they've, they've netted some great... Street crime guns lately, uh, you know, breaks my heart to know that a Tech 9 is going to get melted down and that uh, AK-74 is actually kind of cool too. But ultimately, these are guns that, um, you know, are being used and, and, and people are you know, operating outside the confines of the law. It, it's, it's really sad, though, to see the finest group of people in the country getting scapegoated for the activities yeah. oh, so of, gang, of gang members. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. and just the picture that it's painted, like, I, as I said before, I'm, I'm half black. And just, I post pictures of me, the club, having the probably the greatest time of my life that I could say. You're black. <laughs> yeah, you can't tell I, had, I, 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 had, I hadn't even noticed. Um, it, was, it was the cowboy hat. <laughs> hey, you gotta rock the Stetson. Right on. But just like, people see me in a place like this, shooting guns, having fun, yeah. and they will be like, oh, you must be in a sunken place looking for approval. I'm like, what approval? These people accept me for who I am, race, color, creed. Most, like, we got people that are Egyptian here, all mm-hmm. different types of races, so nobody mm-hmm. cares about that. Yeah. But the first view they have is people are just, oh, you're looking for approval. There's, just, there's no way that you could be a free-thinking person who just enjoys something that, in my eyes, is dangerous and no one should have this weapon. Oh, you know. the, the, the funny thing is, when people see you, 
they see the gun. They're more interested in the gun. Oh, let, let's have a look at what you what you're shooting. That yeah, sort of thing. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it it like I say, it it is an incredibly diverse group of people. I I remember when I you know, years ago when I joined a club. And people don't generally ask you, like, what do you do? Or, you know, they don't talk shop. Or it, it, eventually you get around to it. You know somebody long enough. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm shooting with a, a, a stock uh, a broker, uh, a guy who's a farmer, uh, George. I think he passed away not too long ago. In any case, another another fellow who's, uh, who's an anesthetologist, another guy who's a surgeon, uh, a, a dentist, yeah. Uh, and then all these other people, you know, th- th- have all these different jobs, you know, a courier driver or whatever. It's an incredibly diverse group by occupation, by age. Uh, you know, today we were shooting with what an eighty-five-year-old guy, yeah. and um, I, I think he's, had, ama- had, he's, had, he's yeah, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and who, who, who? If you actually saw him shooting, you'd say, "Gee, that must hurt." Uh, <laughs> the uh, and Heather, who's uh, you know on the other the other end of the spectrum, uh, we do have members here who bring their children who are are quite young. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine they're some of them shoot better than me. Yeah, as long <laughs> as you can handle a gun safely, you can handle a gun um, under supervision, of course. So it's an incredibly diverse and hugely supportive. I mean, honestly, everybody yeah. comes out here to enjoy themselves. So, um, you know, but we're the target of legislation. Imagine that. We're the target. Um, and you say, well, you know, they're, they're going after illegal handguns. No. No, they're not. No, they're not. Um, they're trying to get rid of guns. And I, I for one, uh, uh, I'm not fool- foolish enough to imagine that it has anything to do with safety. I think it has everything to do with politics. And these people are trying to take your guns from you have, uh, I guess, plans in the future uh, uh, of doing things that they know you won't like. Like implementing those lists AOC's talking well, about. Yeah, the, the enemies list and so on. And, and, you know, to be honest with you, you know, I can't even really imagine uh, the kind of people who own guns who are fairly conservative. Uh, they're not gonna organize themselves into mobs to go out and, you know, overthrow the government. It's just not gonna happen. Uh, nevertheless, the leftists fear guns in the worst way, uh, and 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 the scarier the gun, the more they fear it. Um, they so, you know, I, I I personally don't think, even if the leftists take well, they have taken over Canada. I, I guess that's pretty pretty obvious. Um, I, I don't. It's see, temporary. I don't see the day of you know of a revolution of you know all the conservatives rising up. I, personally, I don't think we're disposed to that kind of thing. Um, but it, it's a real shame that they've gone after all these guns, which, you know, they say, well, you know, they're weapons of war. Well, you know, my bolt action, Mauser action, uh, bolt action rifle used to be, uh, modern. It used to be a weapon of war, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, it, you know, to, to say that an AR is any different it is not it is where, wherever you take guns away you have people being stabbed to death or acid thrown on their faces there is always a way to cause hysteria and terrorism it, it, and to harm people exactly we, we see examples of this around the world so th- if somebody wants to do something bad they're going to find a way to do it people always the, the, it's like oh well there's more you can kill more people quick with an ar 
All somebody has to do is run around with a knife and just stab people at random. Multiple examples of that recently in the news. So it's it's, it's you got to take like okay, the guy who drove the van in Toronto into the crowd of people. Mm. Like he could have just kept going, just right. could have kept going down Young Street if he wanted to. So yeah. it's just like, at what point do we stop acting like children and being like, oh no, there's something like no, you just you got to look at it at a logical point of view. You know, it's funny that you say children because I was thinking while Dan was speaking about these uh, these so-called for your safety measures that they take, right? And it's very patronizing and it, it it's mirrored in other areas as well. I see this happening on social media where, again, the premise is for your safety, you should have less freedom. You should have less privacy. And and it's like this pat on the head. Don't worry, we'll take care of your, your privacy for you. And they start invading, um, you know, what you can post and what you can say. And all of this is under the guise of protecting the public. Uh, but it's not. It, it's just, it's building up this expectation that we have now. We're, we're expecting to not have privacy and it's making it normal. Yeah. You can't offer every single person in one country safety for one it's not possible it, people have to be responsible for their own health their own safety to a point obviously you don't want to walk down the street and have people just attacking you for no reason and that's why you have police who will curb this type of violence that being one example you obviously don't want your stuff stolen all that kind of stuff but there are at measures and acts that people take to ensure their safety now for a government who can barely take care of the country to say oh we got you on safety yeah we can't even take care of our country like what are you talking about how are you going to keep us safe well i i don't think you know we we, we i have american friends who say well you know uh do you have any handguns no i, I don't have any he says well aren't you don't you want to have self-protection i say well I'm, i i don't feel threatened uh what about like people breaking into your house and i said well, you know it's never happened. I, I, I don't worry about it. There are places, I guess, where it's it, it might happen. I would say that that in terms of you know the firearms that I do have, uh, they're locked up in ways you know I go way beyond what is required uh, by law in terms of uh, uh, storage, and I do it mainly because the idea that someone would steal a gun from me and use it for some. A bad thing. I mean, that that really disturbs me. I I I I don't think I would ever feel right again if somebody stole, uh, say, one of my shotguns and killed somebody with it. So I go way beyond what is required. Mm -hmm. You know, my my guns all have gun locks. They're in a locked room, and inside the locked room is a safe. Uh, the house has an alarm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 I just. I feel that I have a moral obligation to make it absolutely as hard as possible for anybody to take it from me. Uh, and, and and the only reason they'd ever steal it is to use it for, you know, some... It's going to end up in the wrong hands at it's some gonna, point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I, I think I'm pretty typical of gun owners. I don't know anybody who has a loaded shotgun beside their bed. I don't know anybody would even think of doing it. No. Um, so, you know, is it possible that somebody could break into my house and I might need it to protect myself? I guess it's possible. That's, I, I consider it unlikely. But, um, you know, the, the idea is that, you know, ordinary people don't, who don't own firearms don't understand that people who do, legitimate firearms owners, have a sense of responsibility, a moral 
uh, obligation uh, to make sure that they they uh, make their their uh, guns uh, hard to get to make them safe. If you watch us on the field at the club, which is one of the safest places you'll ever be, yeah, um, you know, people live where we we live with guns, which are in, intrinsically dangerous. And we minimize that to the extent that there have been no knock on wood, no accidents, not even close. Um, so yeah, there. If to, to to go after firearms, you're going after the wrong damn group. We're we're not the trouble, and nor will we ever be the trouble. It's it's so it's so insulting though to know that they skip past the real problem and to. Like I know for years as a police officer, anytime I saw any changes to gun laws or any mention, you know, that perhaps uh, legal gun owners might be part of the problem. We have in Canada some of the most uh, rigorous screening processes and uh, strictest uh, uh, storage and, and, and transport laws in the world. And I know that they're going to be uh, addressing the issues of, of of safe storage and that there are going to be some changes coming, uh, that they're, uh, they're going to go after some things, uh, that perhaps we didn't see coming, uh, at some point, uh, you're going to see storage becoming an issue. I know they're going to push for central storage and that's something it's, they want. It doesn't sound possible. I remember people saying for years, you know, that's, that's not, it's too expensive. Who's going to pay for it? It doesn't matter. They'll just print up some more money if they need to, but they really want to have handguns stored centrally, uh, which which I think is just a, a fantastic invitation for anybody listening to this, a fantastic invitation to uh, criminal elements to uh, have a one-stop shop. You know, like, I mean, like, the, 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 if, if there's ever any concerns that legal gun owners were the problem and that, you know, guns being stolen ending up in the wrong hands as, as it's going to be, you know, the impetus behind pushing for the centralized storage, I can tell you that the military and the police are responsible for a lot of guns going missing. And that's something that isn't talked about much. The reports have come out. And of course, you know, there were somewhere in the neighborhood, I believe, of, you know, 700 firearms lost, you know, by either the RCMP, local police services, and or the military, and and up to and including, you know, fully automatic guns. I mean, if anybody is guilty of perhaps being a little less than trustworthy in that regard, we may want to look to the government first, you know, rather, I, I, I personally, I feel, I feel safer knowing that, you know, good, responsible people that have been screened and vetted individually are, yeah. you know, taking care of their business and locking things up and securing things properly. I don't, I too, I don't know anybody that keeps their guns laying around. I don't know anybody that keeps guns. There are loaded. countries that do have centralized storage. You could, you can go there to see how it's done. So uh, let's take one of them, China. They have centralized storage. Do they? Uh, and they have it for a reason, because the Chinese government doesn't allow anybody to have a gun. Uh, it, so if you're going to participate in shooting sports, and you have to be given permission to do so by the government, um, each of the, uh, actually, cities or regions, provinces, they have... Uh, these so-called gun clubs, and all the guns are kept there, all the ammunitions, you can't take anything home with you. But then look at the government they have. Look what kind of government they have. Look kind of what kind of world these people live in. Yeah. Um, so, you know, centralized storage uh, is, is, can be done. I mean, they, they're pretty successful at it, but I wouldn't trade uh, the freedom that we have in this country for uh, the Chinese system, not, not, not ever. <sighs> 
So, so, so are you telling me that if I'm a good boy and I sing the propaganda song and I, uh, you know, uh, I'm a good communist? Uh, hey, no, you can't post about guns though on your page. All right, yeah. you'll lose your social points. Right, will, I, will, will I lose? Will I lose the social points necessary if I speak up against the government and I won't be allowed to pull the trigger on a gun in the future? Well, let's let's just say I don't think we're all gonna have any social score. Yeah, if they something, try to yeah something tells me I'm gonna fail you know miserably. Actually, you're, you're part of one of these uh, shooting teams. Uh, and I've, 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 I've known people who are part of the Chinese shooting team. Uh, they couldn't travel. They weren't let out of the country because they were part of a national team. Because the government didn't want to let them out because they might defect. So it's like, no, seriously. So uh, they could participate in shooting sports, but it, they were restricted in so many other ways uh, by virtue of it. it, it you know, that's the kind of world they live in. Um, perhaps we're headed there. Maybe we're, maybe... You know what? A, a couple years ago, it was probably more than a couple years ago, I first heard about the social score system yeah. in China. And, and when I read about it and people were initially writing articles, the response from the average citizen in Canada was like, oh my gosh, that sounds crazy. Now just on the heels of COVID and all of these apps and all of this encouragement from the government for people to rat out their neighbors for having too many people at their house. There is a mindset that I feel is really being normalized right now and it puts us on track to accept something like that. It makes it seem less far-fetched. Um, uh, you mentioned earlier, Alex, something about uh, what's being normalized and like we're getting slowly just chipped away at. Conditioned. So that, yeah, we're getting yeah, conditioned we're like so that we don't protest this stuff and it's starting to, to feel normal and it really shouldn't. Well, it's the slow roll. If you... If you throw a, what is it, a lobster in a pot, yeah, it's going to go crazy, boiling water. It's you put it in boil. there in the slow boil, keep throwing stuff at it, yep. you know, a little seasoning here. So we've got that going on with censorship. <laughs> Wait a minute. That sounds good. <laughs> Your knowledge just turned into something very yummy. You just reminded me I'm hungry. Sorry, I'm looking at you. I know. Well, Carl, Carl's Kitchen's in full effect again. Yeah. He's brought us some aged cheddar. <laughs> Yeah, um, crackers and cheese. No, but if they keep slowly breaking us down yeah. with these little things here and there, and then you're on, you see the news every day that's just hitting you with yeah. with fear, like oh, COVID, COVID, COVID. Yeah. You tell somebody something enough times, they're going to start believing so it's the, true, the whether it's not. Injecting themselves into our private lives, uh, mandating things like everybody download this app, everybody do this, everybody do that. You know, yeah. hop on one foot, just well, touch your head. Well, they've pushed it all to the front line. I go on YouTube. You think I watch anything on YouTube that has to do with the news or anything? Like, no, my YouTube is comedians, podcasts, and gun stuff. The second line on my thing is all from these news stations. COVID this, COVID that, election. And it's just like, man, can I even go on YouTube without seeing this stuff just pushed into my... No, because that's all they do. They're going to for- they're gonna force feed you what they want you to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And conditioning. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's very important to somebody so, that we keep these things at the forefront right. of our minds. And yes. people, people talking about vilifying folks for their political affiliation is also a really disturbing um, trend, not something we want to normalize. When I see people put, you know, blue check marks and people who are supposedly, you know, reputable or they are elected officials and they're saying that we should hunt down and harass or dox or attack people because of their political beliefs, that is crazy. That sounds to me like a full-on, you know, communist nightmare. Well, that- you're talking about the same blue check marks who thought when Trump said coyotes, 
bringing yeah. people over the border. He was right. talking about. But even if we reject coyotes. these ideas, it start. It'll slowly start to change how we think, and we will become used to it. And th these very ideas oh. that are abhorrent start to sound kind of normal and kind of common. I'm already at the point where I see stuff, and I'm like, yeah, of course they're saying. Like it's just at the point right. where I expect to it see. It doesn't surprise people. Send me stuff, and I'm like, this doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I like we've been saying that this is where it's going to lead for months. You get called a conspiracy theorist months ago for bringing up this stuff. Oh, you're crazy, blah, blah, blah. Right. And now it's to the point where everything they've we've said is probably going to happen, is happening. I mean, by, whether or not it was a moment of truth for him or he was just... He was wearing off his drugs when Biden said, "We have the most, uh, we have the most rigorous voting fraud program in yeah, history." He said the quiet part that's out not, loud. That's, that's not the first time I've heard that. And then uh, one other thing that came up in my mind, uh, certainly after seeing these election results, I've begun to question what happened to us. You know, not that long ago. You know, I uh, I went in there to vote during the federal election. I saw it was post I saw pollsters opening up people's ballots and looking at them right on site. You know, it's and something felt and smelled terribly yeah. off to me. And I'm not entirely convinced that Andrew Shear lost that election. Mm. I'm not. And uh, you know, certainly with things like this happening down in the USA, I think yeah. we should probably be questioning everything. Well, I and think he realized that at this point is why he tried to scare people with that snap election. Well, you know, I, I think I think for anybody uh, for anybody listening that's uh, in office, I think that uh, maintaining the uh, integrity of the election the election process, I think, should be uh, of paramount importance. I, I think that we're going to see an election sooner than you think. I mm -hmm. really do. I think that the threat of calling an election uh, scared a lot of conservatives that were unprepared. I think for that to uh, to happen, I saw you know the looks in some of their faces when that announcement was made that it could be happening fast I, I think I think that we might see something within the next six months it, it doesn't seem uh, you know likely to some but I, I that's that's what I'm gonna call it now now what can we do as Canadians to try to avoid seeing the same blatant like it's not like it's it's made up this is blatantly happening in the states the voter fraud mm. whether it's every in the, all the states that they've claimed or whether it's just in the ones where we've caught them on video mm. literally cheating Oh. So what can Canadians really do? You know, I, I think to try to at least pay attention to it to uh, bring, make sure that our MPs are on it. Like, yeah, we can call yeah. them, but how long till they stop taking calls? Well, you know that that's you know that's an interesting that's an interesting point. You know, I think it's really important that everybody maintain uh, some degree of good contact with their member of parliament. Uh, you know, contacting them, speaking to them about the issues that uh, you know may have been uh, of concern to you. Uh, I know that uh, my member of parliament won't take my calls anymore. He is not you know, um, interested in speaking but, to me. And it's not that, it's not that I've ever been unruly. Uh, and it's not that I bothered him too much. I've spoken to him about three or four times in the last five years. The conversations have never lasted longer than 15 minutes and they've always been very civilized. But quite honestly, the very last time I spoke to him, uh, we got to the issue of, uh, the integrity of the election process and he shut down pretty fast and mm. wanted to get off the phone. And you could tell, you know, uh, I had made the comment about perhaps, uh, doing Doing business with China as a Canadian government may be something that we should, you know, be reconsidering uh, with with some of their history uh, of, of, of human rights violations and animal rights violations that we uh, 
perhaps shouldn't be doing a lot of business with China. And his immediate response was, do you think that we should be doing business with Trump? That guy, you know, would you rather do that? And he started to yell. And I'm thinking, you know what? You're the only person yelling here. Yeah. Um, and, and quite frankly, I'm totally okay with doing business with Trump. The guy seems to be a hell of a businessman. He's lifted yeah. that economy, you know, to the point where it's... If only we had an selling. economy like that. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, to, 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 to hear him, though, completely... Um, lose it, lose it, you know, and, and to point out to my member of parliament, like, look, I'm, I'm just raising some points and talking too calmly. You are getting we see upset that so much. I've even yeah. seen a, a lot of Republican commentators and people who are, who are posting videos about this, even though they are so much in support of Trump, they're all saying, you know what? I just want a fair election. I just want the law to be followed. If Biden actually won, fine, it is I'll what congratulate it is. him. And I've never heard a, you know, a progressive, a, a, an extreme far leftist say anything like that. I've never heard them say, okay, if Trump won fair and square, we'll give it to him. No, they, they spent <laughs> they four yell, years. They scream and freak <laughs> out and don't listen to reason. And it, well, this is part of the difference in the psychology of conservatives and, and leftists, that reason and logic and data and facts matter. And we can you know, rationally look at those numbers. Well, I, I can tell you that when I was speaking to my member of parliament, uh, you know, and brought to his attention that, you know, he, he said that, you know, Trump Trump was colluding with the Russians. I said, oh, God, they haven't proved that in four years. I mean, if they were going to, they would have certainly done it by now. And, you know, yeah, he, that would have won them the election. You know, he, well, well, he, you know, he talked, barely. he talked about, you know, Russian collusion and winning elections. And I said, and speaking of... <laughs> You know, we uh, have our own corruption. We have, we, have, we have perhaps potentially our own problems. I think I'd like to talk to you about you know maintaining the integrity of our own electoral process. And he immediately got real quiet. See, that's, see was, that's crazy to me. How you you call to him to talk about Canadian issues, and the first thing they yeah. do is bring up the state. It's a we're talking about China. Well, would you rather do business with Trump? Get in, like you talk, and then he brings up. It's just like well, we're talking about Canadian politics for one. But if you want to go there. We can go there because it hasn't improved. I got into an argument with my cousin about this last weekend. Mm -hmm. I shut down every argument he had about trying to bring Trump down. And I go, well, the Russian collusion was proven. I'm like, well, first of all, 10 minutes ago, you admitted to me that you're not read up on any of these subjects the way I am. You don't pay attention to it like I do. Two, you're wrong because they have not been able to prove it. And he just starts, it was proven. And he starts, and we're at my grandmother's house. And I'm like... When you run out of arguments, yeah. anger and defensiveness are all that's left. Well, I mean, whatever it may be, whether I hurt his ego, whatever it was, he got so pissed off, he started shouting. And, and you know, maybe it wasn't the best thing to say, but I, was just, I just got pissed. And I'm like, honestly, you're freaking retarded if you believe that. Because there's nothing I can say to you that can convince you otherwise. If after all these years of them not proving it and, them, and literally them going to court over it and not being able to prove it. What more can I prove to you? What more can I say to you? Like, you're that pissed off at, at this guy you don't know. A guy who, 10 years ago, you were, you were singing his name when you were listening to those rap tracks in your Honda Civic. So it's just like, what are we talking about here? Suffice it to say, Alex, some people just don't want to hear it. No. And, and, and on that note, I want to bring up one other subject really quickly. Um, Whole Foods. Uh, Whole Foods. Yeah. Uh, to the... Uh, <clears throat> Whole Foods group that saw fit to try and forbid their employees from wearing the poppy 
shame on you. Oh. Shame on you. And you know what? I can say that because, like, I mean, how, what kind of asshole you got to be to try and stop people from remembering those that have given, yeah. given their lives, made sacrifices in the name of freedom. I mean, you're able to, you're able to enjoy your grocery store because of the sacrifices that were made for you to try and prevent people from wearing a poppy uh, in, in, in an act of, of, you know, remembrance, you know, on a, on a very somber week when you really think about, you know, the, uh, the, the, the things that people have had to go through and uh, the challenges that follow, you know, uh, for those that survive the war, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Family members of those people, yeah. descendants. I yeah. don't think they thought about that at all. Well, they, why would they're an American yeah. company. I'm pretty sure they're owned by, I may be wrong about this, Bezos. but I, they're owned by Bezos, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Now, well, you know what though, go woke, go broke, because it immediately backfired on them. Oh, well, well, well for one, they've they've highly misunder underestimated the uh, the amount of Canadians who have a high support. Yeah, I was really veterans. happy to see the pushback they got. That, that, yeah. That, yeah. And, and that was what I wanted to just talk about very briefly was uh, hats off right, to Aaron O'Toole, to Pierre Polivier, yeah. uh, and to... Uh, Even Doug Ford. I don't Doug like the guy Ford. anymore. Yeah, but you know what? He, Doug, Doug, Doug has let me down on a number of occasions. He's uh, keeping sir, us on our toes. He's definitely <laughs> keeping us on our toes. You know what? I, I don't know if he had an awakening of some kind or a, a sudden... Uh, it, Laps in good judgment. I, I give an applaud to him for this one. Yeah, he, he did the right thing. Everybody stepped up to the plate. They must have figured out that it was more trouble than it was worth, I figured, Dan. No, uh, there was backlash for that company that was preventing people. And, of course, Doug Ford makes it illegal to forbid your employees from wearing poppies. You know, so I, I'm, I'm well, really happy that he does the same thing when way. people do stuff in, in support of the f- cops. Like a thin blue line thing, apparently. Because no, yeah. apparently Whole Foods, you're not allowed to anything that's pro-police right now. It's amazing. It's crazy to me. Well, but it's I, just like, who do you think they're calling first if somebody happens to break into one of those stores? Well, I would never tell people to boycott anything for fear that I might have to suffer some legal repercussions. But I can tell you right now, I will not support any Yeah, we company. don't need them. We'll go any, hunt our yeah, own food. I won't, I won't yeah. support... We'll get I some fresh meat. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, but, but I, 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 would, I would never support any company that would come up with such a ridiculously stupid policy. And certainly it's very un-Canadian. Uh, hats off to everybody that called in to their members of parliament, uh, to their uh, you know representatives, and complained about it. That's how we get things done, folks. Mm. When we rise up mm. in one large group and voice our dissatisfaction, they do listen. And uh, it's really important that you get involved in this process. I think everybody needs to get out there, talk to their friends, their neighbors, their colleagues, their coworkers, their family members, and have these important discussions. I uh, will say for these conversations... If they are completely against the things that you, we're talking about now, you have to slow roll them, especially mm-hmm. family members. You can't come out all at once. You can't hit them with all the facts because a lot of people aren't ready to hear it. And even slow rolling isn't an easy thing to do, no. but it's the best way you're going to get them to see the obvious stuff that's going on. At least you start there and then you move your way forward. Yeah. And I, w- and I would tell people, don't give up. Uh, sometimes it takes a few a few efforts yeah. before you finally reach out to people. If you can just get them thinking, you know, don't be too in their face. Uh, definitely hit them up with the facts, but uh, try and keep it as non-confrontational as possible. And I mean, if they lose their shit, point out to them, you know, there's this is just the discussion we're having and look at you. Yeah. You know, that's, that's I, I found I've had a, a great deal of luck just uh, highlighting, like, why are you getting upset? Like, I mean, all I've done is explain to you that I'm not, you know, comfortable with the idea of people scaring you. I've brought that one up during the uh, COVID conversations. You know, I've looked at people 
you know, wearing masks in their cars by themselves. And I've had those conversations <laughs> and like, you know, like what, what, what is it exactly that you're fearful? Like, why are you wearing the mask? And, you know, and they say, well, it's important. And, you know, it protects me from, 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 from who though, while you're in your own car, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, the conversation kind of flows from there. Like, like, are you, are you thinking about what you're doing? Do you, first of all, do you like wearing the mask? Maybe you like maybe wearing, maybe you yeah. like wearing the mask and being told what to do. I personally, I don't like to have people tell me what to do. Maybe I'm a bit of an asshole that way, but I just don't like it. Well, it just makes you, uh, do you want to do the opposite thing? Right. Well, you know, I mean, I have some aversion to authority. I'm sure it's <laughs> connected to some deep seated problem. I have the same mask for six months. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, it's really ugly. Oh, God. I used my mask to wipe up a coffee today. <laughs> Listen, the only mask I wear says Trump 2020. Make liberals cry again. Only because I'm like, if you're going to shame me that bad into wearing it, fine. You know what? Now you have to look at this. Uh, you know, I, you guys are all class. I love it. Well, listen, we're going to wrap this one up. We're coming up on one hour and 11 minutes. We want to thank everybody for listening. I bless Saga. Alex, thank, thank you, you so much for joining me. me. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Heather, always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. All right, thank you so much for coming. And Professor Dan, thank you so much for oh, joining it us. Was, it was, as always, a pleasure. We, uh, uh, you, uh, Everybody out there should know that we've, we've been out shooting all day. Oh yeah, and I, I won't say that I'm a, I'm a, a little fatigued, uh, but I will say that it, it was a great activity. You should try it. It's, yeah. the, it's the most fun you can have with a firearm is shooting clay targets, and it's a lot of fun generally. I've never met anybody who didn't go away with a big smile on their face. Oh, if you want to see some smiles, just go to my page. You'll see me teasing from cheek to cheek. If this was a glow-in-the-dark range, I could go out and shoot now. I was about to say, let's I've, go shoot I've, another I've one. I've got my third wind. <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have to invest in some pho phosphorus, magnesium, yeah. tracer, shotgun shell rounds. <laughs> Feel oh the dream God, lights. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, the, we have to thank the good people of the Hamilton Gun Club for always hosting us, being a fantastic facility uh, you know, for us to enjoy. And uh, I would encourage anybody to get up here. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be running instructionals in the not-too-distant future where you will be able to maintain a healthy social distance and... And engage in a really, really fun activity that is safe and uh, totally a blast. Anyway, I think it's uh, really important uh, that everybody get out there and uh, do what they can to get involved in the political process, support the CCFR folks in their legal battle uh, against this government and the uh, newly imposed uh, OIC and bans. I think that everybody needs to get involved in that fight. Whether you uh, like guns or not, it's important. It's not about firearms, people. It's about freedom. Anyway, folks, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and on Instagram. And as always, Canada, don't forget to shoot straight and stay safe. <laughs>